Are you paying too much tax? Well, if you haven't used Medics Money's free tax rebate guide to claim the tax back on the costs of GMC fees, examination fees, or Royal College fees, and a whole host of other expenses that doctors can claim tax back on, then the chances are you might be paying too much tax. In this episode, we jump headfirst into how to claim a tax rebate, including what you can claim, what you can't claim, and some fascinating tax-related trivia about why the tax year starts on the date that it does. If all this talk of claiming tax back on exams seems like a distant memory for all you GPs and consultants out there, then you need to know that claiming tax-deductible expenses is one of the few ways that you can help to reduce your threshold income, which is an important part of working out if you have a pension tax liability. So tune in. And don't forget, if you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. So I'm here today with my Medics Money co-founder, Ed. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us today. It's a beautiful sunny day outside and we are cooped up here, socially distancing, um, recording a podcast. So if it sounds like we're a long way from each other, it's because we are precisely two meters away from each other and we've only got one microphone. So... Um, what are we going to cover in our podcast today, Ed? Uh, well, I thought uh, for our, our second Medics Money podcast, we could uh, cover tax deductible expenses and, uh, and tax rebates for doctors employed by the NHS. So including what you can claim, how far back you can make your claim, and of course, really importantly, how you actually uh, make that claim. Absolutely. Um, this is an absolute fundamental part of what we do. And um, there's lots of um, misleading and difficult information out there. We have our guide, which is being downloaded now by over 18,000 doctors. And we've, you know, that's been spread by word of mouth, probably like people like you that are listening to our podcast. So got to say thanks for that. Thanks. Uh, we're trying to help out our colleagues. Um, but, you know, I think would it make st- sense to start with the basics about how the UK tax system works, tax years and things like that? I mean, yeah, I think uh, before we come on to what you can claim, uh, let's just start with some basics, uh, which of course, you know, not everyone's going to know. So it's important. Um, I guess firstly, the um, the UK tax year, uh, let's talk about that. It's um, slightly odd um, in that rather than it being a, a calendar year, which would make sense, uh, in the UK, each tax year starts on the 6th of April in a given year uh, and then ends the following 5th of April. Um, and it's, it's a bit weird. You know, if anyone interested uh, in, in why that's the case, you know, like people like me, uh, it's because you know, New Year's Day basically used to be the 25th of March. And then in the 1700s or something, we, we, when we switched their calendars, we had to add 11 days to the calendar. Later on, they did a, another day because of a leap year. And that basically takes us up to the 6th of April. So um, it's just a, an overhang from that. Um, but, you know, hey, that is amazing tax-related trivia. Um, so so yeah, I, I love it. Keep We need more. If you want more tax-related trivia on the podcast, uh, leave some feedback in the comments because uh, that's great info. Sorry. Yeah, well, <clears throat> we'll see what I can do. But, um, you know, history aside, uh, the main thing to note for everyone on this podcast is that the, the tax year in the UK is a bit weird. It's from the 6th of April to the following 5th of April. So the current tax year that we're in is the 2020 to 2021 tax year and that runs from the 6th of april 2020 to the 5th of april 2021 awesome so uh if you're enjoying the history lesson but wondering what is the relevance of this information um tell us why this is very relevant ed so it matters for for several reasons but you know one big one is that the um tax rates and allowances set by the government will be applied to a given tax year okay 
Um, so the government will pass legislation. They pass the Finance Act um, usually every year, uh, which sets the rates of all the taxes and the levels of income, etc., to which these apply. So they'll set the income tax rates, they'll set the VAT rate, national insurance rate, and so on, uh, and the levels of, let's say, income uh, or sales, whatever, to which they apply. Um, and then Her, Her Majesty's uh, Revenue and Customs, or HMRC for short, uh, they're then responsible for collecting these taxes. Okay, so um, the first thing to note is that we're recording this in, um, what is the date? I was up super late on a webinar and then the baby woke up about half an hour later. It is the 22nd of July, 2020. Uh, so these apply, the rates that you're just about to talk about apply to that current tax, the current tax year. So I just got to make that clear. Uh, yeah, and I now know what the date is. Um, had a late night, sorry guys, on a webinar. Yeah, very nice. It's always useful to know the date. Um, and uh, well, you know, the first thing to note um, is that, um, you know, most people in the UK, when we're talking about current rates, most people in the UK, including most doctors, will receive what we call a personal allowance every year. Okay, uh, And that's the amount of income that you can receive tax-free. And currently in this tax year, 22nd of uh, July, we're in the 2020 to 2021 tax year. In this current tax year in the UK, that personal allowance or tax-free amount is uh, 12500 uh, And then after that, uh, you start to progress through the income tax rates, which for employment income, which is what we're going to be talking about today, uh, those income tax rates are set at 20% and then 40% and then 45%. Um, currently, yeah, well, as, at least in this tax year, you have to earn over 150000 for the 45% tax rate to apply. So most doctors, most people listening to this podcast are going to be paying tax on their salary at the basic rate of 20% for the first chunk of their income above that personal allowance, 12500 and then 40% after that. Um, and I should say um, that uh, things are slightly more complicated in Scotland, uh, where there are more income tax rates and more income tax brackets. Um, there are five income tax rates um, after the personal allowance in Scotland, which are 19%, 20%, 21%, 41%, and 46%. Okay. Um, so most doctors in Scotland will be uh, in the 41% income tax bracket, or in the rest of the UK, that's going to be 40%. Um, so most doctors, they can save up to 40% or 41% in Scotland of any employment expense that they're allowed to claim income tax back on. So if you imagine you've got a, you know, let's make the numbers easier, £100 expense, um, you know, that could save you um, £40 back in tax if you make a tax rebate claim, or of course, £41 in, uh, in Scotland. Yeah, so I think that's a super important concept that the tax rates are tiered. So if you bump into the 40% tax bracket, you don't pay 40% on your whole income, is that right? You just pay 40% on the amount that is over, you know, in that amount. I haven't explained that very well when you explained it yeah. well. Is that, is that right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So you, you, as I say, your first, first chunk of income is completely tax-free. Next chunk of income is about, at the moment, uh, in, in England at least, uh, 37500 I'll have to check the Scottish rate. Uh, and on that, you pay um, 20%, and then above that, 40%, until you get to... £150,000 and anything above that £150,000 is taxed at 45% or higher in Scotland. Awesome. And um, we're going to talk about the, what you can claim in a minute. But if, I, if I'm claiming, if I'm a 40% taxpayer and I claim some professional expenses, I don't get 20% back, I get 40% back because that is my highest rate of tax. Is that right? Yeah, spot on. Absolutely. Okay, good. Uh, it's good that I can understand this, um, especially in a super sleep deprived state. But uh, thanks for the coffee this morning. Okay, so we've got the basics covered. And um, I think it's always important to go through the basics. But 
Tell me more about these employment expenses that doctors can claim against tax. Sure. Yeah, of course. So, so you know, expenses that are um, tax deductible against uh, employment income or your salary as a doctor, they basically fall into five main categories. Okay. So, firstly, um, you have professional fees or subscriptions paid to an organisation approved by HMRC. They should be tax deductible. Okay, and that's the most important category for doctors. So we're going to um, discuss that in in more detail in a second. I'll explain more about that uh, shortly. Um, for completeness, the other main categories are um, certain travel expenses, um, donations made to a charity via your payroll, uh, and also any payment to uh, by an employee, sorry, to their occupational pension scheme, such as the NHS pension scheme. And they're all kind of big categories in their own right. So. Um, you know, today we're only really going to focus on the most important one for doctors, which is that um, professional expenses category. Definitely. I mean, um, some of those other topics uh, sound like great uh, topics for future podcasts. So if you'd like to uh, uh, us to cover that, then definitely let us know by contacting us via our website. But sticking with this professional expenses category, then what can a doctor claim against their employment income for tax purposes? So um, as I said, HMRC, they've got a, a list of um, approved organisations. And if you pay a um, professional subscription fee to any one of those, um, you are entitled to a tax deduction against your employment earnings. So any annual subscription fees paid to any one of the Royal Colleges, um, to the GMC, the BMA, or the MDU or MPS, etc., for example, uh, they're, they're tax deductible. I mean, that's... Great, great, because, you know, those expenses are super expensive. They definitely mount up when, yeah, you know, the you've just done your GP exams. and Yep, yeah, that's £1,542 that you can claim back, plus obviously the Royal College of GPs fees that I've been paying um, and, and so on. So, yeah, it can really stack up. Yeah, so it, it, we still come across doctors that haven't claimed the expenses. If you haven't claimed your expenses, it's definitely worth doing. And we have Ed's unique step-by-step uh, -step guide which you can find on our website at medicsmoney.co.uk on the top tab there download guide it's step-by-step -step and it takes you through everything that we're covering today um, okay so you can go to HMRC's list um, of these approved uh, organizations and you can look up an organization like the, the General Medical Council for example and if it's on that list you can claim it um, yes, yeah, so more, more or less. Um, but you have to know that the list isn't particularly well written. Uh, it's called list free and anyone can find it on um, the Internet. It's a public record. Um, but as I say, it's not very well written. So the, the General Medical Council can be found under M for uh, Medical Council General for some unknown reason. Uh, the BMA can be found under Medical Association British. Um, the RCGP, for example, um, is found under the letter G for General Practitioner, uh, comma, Royal College of. Um, a bit, bit strange, really. Almost like they're trying to make it difficult for us to claim. Yeah, it is pretty, pretty confusing. To be yeah. yeah. And I think that's why I would really encourage you to download our guide. It's totally free and it overcomes a lot of these issues because it allows you to claim online using HMRC's uh, personal tax account. And uh, I don't like to praise HMRC in front of an accountant because I think that's not the done thing. But the personal tax account, I think, is really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we've got quite a lot on that coming up. But uh, yeah, it is it is really, really good. I okay, definitely cool. recommend everyone download it. Yeah, the guide just takes you through it step by step and minimizes your chance of making any errors. And, you know, if they're making it, yeah, categorizing it like that, Medical Association British, I mean, nobody calls it that. It's the BMA. Uh, but if you write the BMA on the form or, you know, that you won't get the money back. 
So um, we talked about professional subscription fees, um, which is one expense that doctors have to pay. What about uh, the costs of training? Okay, so this is actually um, quite difficult. Um, if you remember, I said that there were five main categories of allowable expenses, uh, but I've actually only mentioned uh, four so far. I did notice that, actually. Um, I was paying attention. Uh, it's not just bad, bad, bad. Bad math from, from an accountant. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, that was deliberate. Um, so the, the fifth main category is what's known as the, the, the general rule, okay? And that covers expenses or employment expenses that don't fall into the other four categories. Okay. So the general rule, okay, very broadly, uh, the general rule will allow you a deduction for an employment expense um, if the amount is incurred, okay, listen carefully, wholly, exclusively, and necessarily in the performance of the employee's duties. So you've said that really deliberately and really slowly. And I know from my limited knowledge of this, that each word there, wholly, exclusively, and necessarily is super important. Do you want to elaborate a bit more on that? Because I think it's super important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the key word actually, or those for three, so they're already, it's already hard to meet in many ways. So the whole expense has to be for your employment, has to be exclusively for your employment. So you can't have any any personal benefit from it as well. So, for example, um, there been various court cases about people saying, "Well, I'm uh, let's let's change a tack of or career for a minute." So that you know, there was a a, a judge who um, took HMRC to court and said, "Well, I um, I need to wear robes um, for my job uh, in court. I obviously don't want to wear them normally um, outside of work, it's just purely for when I'm doing my court cases. So I should be able to get a tax deduction for those clothes, for those, those robes." And HMRC said, well, no, it's not, you know, exclusively um, for your, um, you know, your, the court case, you know, you need to be wearing clothes. So it's, it's actually quite difficult, uh, you know, to meet that criteria. Um, and then necessarily, that's actually the probably the word that um, uh, is the hardest part to satisfy for the HMRC. So, you know, any employment expense has to be necessary. So if I, for example, decided that I wanted to be, um, you know, a better GP and I wanted to go and um, pay for various subscriptions to various journals that are out there, um, they HMC will come back and say to me, well, Ed, you're not getting a tax deduction for that because it's not strictly necessary for your job. You know, you're doing that to become a better GP. You're not doing that because you have to do it to become a GP. Um, and then um, to make things worse, that second part, so I've already said, you know, any expense has to be wholly exclusively and necessarily uh, incurred, but then also in the um, performance of the employee's duties, okay? Um, overall, it's a really, really hard test to meet. It's deliberately designed to um, try and deny people um, tax deductions, basically. Um, and so most expenses that employees or doctors try to claim aren't actually tax deductible. So if you think about um, training activities, uh, HMRC, will argue that training activities are not actually undertaken in the performance of a doctor's duties. You're not doing it when you're doing your job. Um, so they say that even if your training activities are compulsory and failing to complete those um, activities may lead to you losing your job uh, or your professional qualification, they still won't give you um, a tax deduction. So, um, you know, many, many taxpayers, many doctors um, have been denied tax deductions for training costs and have appealed against the decision. Um, and then sadly, the appeals pretty much, with one exception, which will come on later, have always gone in HMRC's favour. So, you know, just trying to think of another example, um, uh, there was one such court case in 2006, consultant psychiatrist argued that um, they should be given a tax deduction for their continuing professional education costs. Uh, and they, they lost that case in court. Um, and another, uh, just quickly, another um, a good example of 
where you can think, well, this is really, really unfair. Um, if you pay for an advanced life support course, uh, you aren't allowed to claim a tax deduction against your employment income for that. Because HMRC argue, well, you're not doing that course at work. It's not in the performance of your duties. You're, you're going off site to do it. It's a day or two days training, um, not an actual performance of your duties. I mean, you know, it seems absolutely ridiculous, um, yeah, it but uh, it is the rules. And we get loads of questions about this. If this is getting too complicated for you, I would just say download our guide. The guide is step by step. It walks you through it super easy. Over 18,000 doctors have downloaded that guide now, which is amazing. Um, and we get great feedback from it. So it's on our website. You can uh, you can download it. Um, okay, so uh, I mean, <clears throat> should we say as well here that, you know, sometimes HMRC um, are not consistent with the way that they apply the rules. But what we're saying today is our understanding of the rules as per the loads and loads of case law. Um, but uh, yeah, continuing professional education costs aren't tax deductible for the reasons that we talked about. And we are talking about solely employees here. So if you're running yourself as a limited company or self-employed, the rules are different and you just got to get an accountant for that. We are purely talking about employees today. Is that right? Yeah. Just employees, yeah. Um, so you said that there was one exception to the cases that uh, have gone in HMRC's favor, and that is about exams. Um, tell me about exams and claiming tax. Yeah. So, I mean, exams are definitely the exception to the rule here. Okay. So, you know, you could argue that if we just talk about the rules that I mentioned, you know, you don't take your exams while you're at work. You know, it's not in the performance of your duty. So technically, exam fees shouldn't be tax deductible. Um, and HMIC definitely held that view. That was their, their view. But in um, in 2010, to, to great surprise, given many, many previous court decisions, um, a, a specialist registrar in dermatology took HMIC to court regarding her training costs, uh, and, she, and she won, which is, as I say, a, a great shock at the time. Um, so now doctors um, can claim for their exams um, under their training contracts, uh, and also it's important to know any resits as well. So um, if you're, like, say, for example, uh, a GP trainee and you do your written exam, your AKT, you can claim a tax deduction for that expense. Uh, and also, um, if you then unfortunately fail that exam and have to resit it, you can also make a claim for the, the resit as well. Um, and um, it's actually thanks to that 2010 court case, we have a lot to thank that person for. If you're a, a junior doctor on a on a training contract and the training is an intrinsic contractual duty, then you should be able to claim a tax deduction against your employment income for your training costs. OK, and a key element here is that you're under a training contract. OK, so it doesn't apply if you're not under a training contract. All right. Uh, and that's key. And again, covered in the guide. I think the case was a Banerjee case. So that's, that's the one. Yeah. Um, we owe Banerjee a lot. Um, so if you're out there, Dr. Yeah. Banerjee, thank you so much for taking that case uh, because as a result of that, uh, yeah. we can claim back the um, extremely expensive exams that we all have yeah. to go for. Okay, great. I mean, we got in super detailed there and it's good to understand the, uh, the law that surrounds all of this. Um, a big question that doctors ask us, uh, you've, you're doing the exams and you've got to go on a revision course to get up to speed and give yourself a chance of passing. What about revision courses? Can you claim tax back on those? Uh, unfortunately, no. So revision courses are one step too far for HMRC. They still won't allow those. Okay. So any revision courses that you sign yourself up for and pay for, uh, no, you can't get a tax selection for that. Yeah. Okay. And um, what about um, other things that you cannot usually claim? 
Um, so there, yeah, there definitely are other things, you know, um, uh, just other things to mention, you know, that you can't claim for usually. Um, so first of all, if you haven't actually incurred the expense yourself, um, you can't claim tax deduction. Um, so for example, if it's paid for you from a study budget, um, you can't claim a tax deduction, which I guess actually is kind of fair. If you're actually paying the cost, you know, be a bit unfair to then get a tax deduction for it, although it would be very nice, of course. Um, and also um, one question we get quite a lot is, um, is regarding fees for diplomas um, taken by doctors. Uh, they're also unlikely to be allowable because they're unlikely to be under your training contract. Um, and HMRC argues to make you a better doctor, not because you have to do it. Yeah. And I mean, there is this kind of, we get this question a lot where, you know, um, a certain course is specified as a requirement for an ARCP. Uh, I know the anaesthetists have a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, so in order to progress your training, the course is mandatory, but it's a gray area, but essentially the rules are, as we've said today, and yeah. if, I, if it's under a training contract, if it's an intrinsic part of that, as long as you don't get any personal benefit from the course, which you know a lot of them you probably wouldn't, then there is a very good case that you may be able to get a tax deduction for for those costs. If, yeah. if it's in your training contract, you have to do it. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about uh, what you can and what you can't claim, um, but maybe this is the first time you've ever heard about this, and we get this a lot. You know, um, a lot of doctors find us because their colleagues tell. Uh, them about us and this is the first time they've ever heard about this they might have been a doctor for 10 years okay so you've never claimed before how far can you go back yeah so you can actually make a claim for a tax deduction for the previous um four tax years um as well as the current one um so at the time of this uh podcast 22nd of july 2020 uh, you can basically basically claim for any allowable employment expenses that you incurred after the 6th of April, 2016. Um, and uh, I mean, so you can also claim for this current tax year that we're in, but as we're only in July, the current tax year and it ends on the 5th of April, you probably would want to hold off claiming expenses in this tax year until it ends. Because you're probably going to incur more, right? You're certainly going to incur more, absolutely. But, uh, but that's quite key. You know, it's, um, you know, that's four whole tax years and also this current tax year that you can claim expenses for. But if you uh, were a doctor before the 6th of April 2016, then unfortunately you've lost that to the tax man, can't get it back. I say out of time. Yeah, so I think the message here is just get get going with it, okay? Our, our free guide uh, makes it as easy as possible to do. Uh, you just got to get on it. Uh, okay, so if you're going back for tax years, some doctors might have a lot of expenses to claim. Yeah, I mean, you know, the total of all those fees, uh, you know, for sort of five tax years, it's going to be, you know, very significant, um, especially if you factor in, you know, your examination fees under, under a training contract. And think about it, you know, for, for a lot of those expenses, you're going to get 40% of the cost back in a tax rebate. So definitely worth doing. Yeah, I think we did a back of an envelope calculation, which accountants hate. Uh, obviously, I did this calculation, so I'm not an accountant. And we worked out that for the average GP trainee, if you pass your exams first time, you get £2,345 back, I think, or somewhere in that yeah. order. Yeah, exactly. On our website, we have a, a calculator which gives you a very rough uh, estimate okay it's just an estimate but uh, it can give you an estimate how much you can get because often we find people are really surprised by just how much they can get back um, another question that we get asked a lot and is covered in detail in the guide is do i need to provide receipts and um, well you don't need receipts to claim as such um, if you know what the amounts are that you paid um, you can use your bank statements to, to look at those costs um, and you can also get the information off the various 
let's say Royal Colleges or BMA, et cetera. But, um, but HMRC may ask you for them uh, if they query your claims. It's worth, worth getting them and filing them away somewhere for future reference, just in case. Yeah, definitely. And again, in the guide, we give you the relevant email addresses to contact the BMA, the Royal Colleges, to get that information. Because if, like me, you don't keep a track of all your receipts like you should, um, you're an accountant's worst nightmare. Um, you can email the colleges and they will send you a statement of what you've paid. So the guide contains all of those email addresses so you don't have to search around for them just to make it super easy. Uh, okay. Um, so how can a doctor make a claim to deduct their employment expenses, which we talked about, against their employment income? Okay, so there, there are three main ways that someone could do this for themselves, okay? Um, so firstly, you can, in theory, uh, phone HMRC. No one uh, wants to phone HMRC. HMRC. You'll be on the phone forever, and they, and they really hate it as well. They're they not going to thank you for that at all. It causes a lot more work for them, and they're desperately trying to reduce the amount of people phoning them. So, If you would rather choose to phone Hospital Switchboard on a Monday morning or HMRC, what would you choose? Definitely hospital switchboard. Yeah, that's the kind of level. No matter whatever time of the year I call the hospital switchboard, I would definitely much prefer that than calling HMRC. Yeah, both can be painful, but HMRC, you just don't want to phone them. Okay, so we're not going to phone them. Tell us about another way. No, so first option, probably not not applicable really. Second option, uh, this was the main way in, in the past, you know, a long time ago. Um, you know, the main way used to be to claim by post uh, on a form called, your, called it's called P87, don't know no idea why, but form p87 uh, which you can find online and you can print off handwrite it post it to them um and then wait months and months to find uh you know they've actually lost the form and uh, you have to start again it's um it's definitely a doable way okay so we're not going to say you know you can't do that way but really um it's just slow it's more work um you know hmic also hate it they're going to take forever to process it if they don't lose it um and the easiest way therefore um the third option um is to claim online via something you've already mentioned um, before um, today, the, the, the personal tax account. And every taxpayer can set one of these up. Um, it's by far the easiest and quickest way to then make a claim for any uh, tax deductible expenses. And, you know, just I'm going to have this point a little bit more. So I, I really, really would urge everyone listening to this podcast to set up a personal tax account. Um, you know, it's got so much useful information, even if you, you know, not only can you make a claim on it, it also tells you what HMIC think your estimated tax bill is, it tells you about your tax code, which is something we're going to discuss next time. Um, and and you, as you've alluded to, it's it's really easy to set up. Um, you know, if you haven't set one up already, you can find help to do so. What you have to do is go to our, our website, uh, medicsmoney.co.uk, and then click click the link at the I think it's at the top that says um, download guide. Yeah, it's right off the top. That's super easy. You know, and once you have your personal tax account, you can then use our second Medics Money guide, which is again free completely step-by-step, really holds your hand, takes you through it to then make that claim. Uh, And as I say, it's really the quickest and easiest way. uh, And the guy's completely free. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned P87 because if you search um, online for information about this, there's a lot of people still recommending the P87, the paper form that Ed mentioned. And one thing I think we really need to stress here is that the online method makes it as foolproof as it can be. Going back to what you said earlier about the list of expenses, list three, that the BMA or the British Medical Association is listed on there as Medical Association British. Okay, so if you fill in the P87 paper in your very bestest doctor's handwriting, which basically, if it's anything like my doctor's handwriting, my six-year-old's handwriting is already far superior, and you put BMA on there, 
there's a risk that HMRC, HMRC don't know what BMA is, so, you know, they're not doctors. So they might just say, oh, well, it's not on the list. And we're going to disallow that for expenses. You multiply the cost of that subscription over four years and you could lose a lot of money. So P87, people still recommending P87, they need to get with the program, get up to date, use our guide because it prevents those kind of basic errors. Uh, you know, you combine medical acronyms with, with doctor's handwriting and uh, it's a recipe for uh, disaster. So yeah, I'm glad that you praised the personal tax account because uh, I think it's great and uh, you think yeah, it's it great as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so definitely use the personal tax account. Don't phone them. Don't use P87. Uh, and you mentioned there's lots of other things you can do with the personal tax account, including fix your tax code. We are going to do a podcast on that. We have a, a blog article on our site written by Ed, which takes you through how to fix your tax code, because we know, uh, having been paid by NHS payroll ourselves, how often your tax code goes awry. And it's incredibly frustrating. So so definitely tune in for that or check out our blog. Um, so the personal tax account is great. There's always a but with these things. Um, is there any exceptions uh, who, you know, people that can use the, the personal tax account? Yeah, yeah, there are there are a couple. Um, so, uh, you know, bear in mind that we're only talking about uh, employees today. Um, but even with, even then, there are a couple of exceptions. So um, anyone who already has to complete a tax return, um, they should make their claim on their tax return rather than you do a tax return and then make a separate claim on the personal tax account. Okay. So if you're doing a tax return or you're going to have to do a tax return, just make your claim on that. Okay. You don't, you don't need to make the claim via the personal account, um, but still set one up because it's really useful as I say, loads of good information on there, which would be really useful for you. Um, and the other thing to note as well is, um, okay. So if you incur more than 2,500 pounds of allowable expenses in any tax year, you have to complete a tax return for that tax year okay so hmrc have a, have a limit to the amount of expenses you can claim in each tax year on that personal tax account okay so if i incur more than 2500 in one tax year for example um if i'm a gp um trainee and i do my written exam for let's say 500 pounds and i do my practical exam with the csa for 1500 pounds and then i've got bma gmc fees etc it's fairly easy to you know in, in a tax year to go over 2500 pounds and if you do that, then you need to complete a tax return, uh, return. Sorry, and at that point, you're probably thinking, "Well, actually, is it worth me getting an accountant um, to um, to help me out with that?" Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, Ed files his own self-assessment because he is an accountant. I have filed my own self-assessment in the past, and now I use an accountant. And uh, I would wholly recommend the use of an accountant for that. But it is possible to do yourself. Uh, but just to clarify, um, because this is something we get asked all the time, so. Say last year, like as you said, I incurred 2,600 of expenses, okay? So I'd need to file a tax return for that tax year. And then let's say the tax year previous to that, I incurred 2,200 in expenses, i.e. less than 2,500. I could still use a personal tax account for that year where I incurred 2,200 or? Yep, no, absolutely. So any year, any tax year in which you incur less than 2,500 in expenses, um, you can use the personal tax account, which is by far and away the easiest and simplest way of doing things. But if at any one tax year you go over 2,400, even if, even if it's only one pound over, 
for that, just that tax year, you'd have to do a self-assessment tax return. Okay, great. And as Ed mentioned, if you do need an accountant, um, Medics Money uh, only recommends the best specialist medical accountants and you can uh, search for your recommended one online. Okay, we've been in pretty deep here, um, but I think it's good to get into the nitty gritty here. And I think the take homes for me are go to Medics Money and use our guide. Um, definitely do it. it. You know, it's definitely worth doing. You're going to get a, a large amount of tax um, back. So we covered a lot. Um, is there anything else that you think people need to know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping that I, I know I have gone in um, fairly deep in certain areas. As I say, it's just really, it's really important to give people the, you know, as much knowledge as, as, as you can. Um, but I'm really hoping this podcast, uh, you know, gives people uh, more knowledge. Uh, and will empower doctors to make make a claim and save some money by by lowering their tax bills. And um, and as we mentioned, you know, Medics Money do have that free step by step guide that doctors can use to um to help them make that claim. And um, there's a uh, there's an old um, slogan that HMRC used to use. I don't think they use it anymore, but they certainly used to. And their slogan is um, uh, "Tax doesn't have to be taxing." Huh. But you know, unfortunately, it really can be for some people. I mean, let's be honest. Um, you know, I've, I've tried to make this podcast as, as accessible as I can, but, you know, there will be some people out there that, that do need further help, you know, perhaps because they've got expenses that fall into a grey area or their expenses in the tax year exceed that £2,500 limit. Um, and, the, you know, there's always the option to uh, to engage a professional accountant if, if you're struggling or need help, okay? And uh, if you feel that's a route you'd like to go down, as you mentioned, you know, Medics Money can help there too. Again, just go to our, our website, uh, medicsmoney.co.uk, Select the find an accountant option um, to find an accountant. Uh, and we only use accountants that specialize in, in, in helping, helping doctors. Yeah, exactly. And I think, as you've seen, it's a very specialist area. So, you know, um, uh, using a specialist medical accountant like those featured on Medics Money, if you need to, is, is the way to go here. Because, you know, non-specialist accountants, quite reasonably so, might not know all of this uh, information. Yeah, definitely. Do you think they would know the trivia about why the tax year starts uh, when it does? Because I'm still reeling from that um, that trivia. I think it's uh, a very niche fact that only uh, people like, sad people like me know. I was trying to quietly Google on my phone why... Um, all HMRC forms start with a P because you've got the P60, the P45 and the P87, which you mentioned. But unfortunately, I couldn't do it without affecting the audio. So, I mean, I, I'm going to try to bring some trivia to next week's podcast by finding that out. That'd be good. I actually have no idea. I don't know if it's because um, I'm going to be completely wrong, but maybe it's to do with um, in the legislation. It's under like, I don't know, paragraph 87 mentions it. So they just call it a P87 form. Maybe complete nonsense. May have made that up completely. So, you know, okay, you're on. Next time, you've got to tell me a fact, okay? Well, if Google doesn't help me, I'm going to have to ask you. And you're going to have to open one of those massively hideous accounting textbooks that you've got. If you think medical textbooks yeah. are bad, these your accounting textbooks are next level. Okay, great. Uh, thanks so much for that, Ed. And thanks for listening. Um, we've got all those resources on our site. We've got our FAQs, which cover this in detail. The guide, you know, it's as foolproof as we can make it and loads of you have used it so get out there and also if you've used our guide and not told your friends about us it's totally free and we're all in this together you know um we've had another below or you know derisory pay rise just yesterday announced so the pay's not going up we've got to make the most of any income that we get training is not getting any cheaper we're all in this together so tell your friends about it next week um what are we going to talk about ed uh, so I thought that next week we could uh, we could cover tax codes, which cause uh, you know a lot of confusion. Um, so I thought we can go through what they are, how to find out what your tax code is, uh, and if it's wrong, how to change it. 
And that's going to be particularly important as uh, a lot of doctors are going to be um, switching jobs on the uh, 5th of August. Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely watch out for that because it's, you know, a lot of us um, from the 5th of August are going to end up with the wrong tax code because we switch jobs uh, and are going to end up paying way more tax than we should do. So, yeah. And the standard tax code for this year uh, is 1250L. Yep, 1250L. Uh, and if you're a doctor looking at your payslip and you're on a 1250L, that is probably not the correct tax code for you. Uh, and if you want to know why, uh, tune in next week. So even though you're on the correct tax code for a, a normal person, shall we say, 1250L is probably not right for you. And Ed's going to tell us about that next week. All right, great. Thanks, Ed. And Thanks. Uh, look forward to it.